Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. I am very excited today. I have Chris Lemons. Say hi, Chris. Hello. Let me tell you about Chris. He has tattoos like me, which is fantastic. He is the director of sales for a fantastic company called Creative Financing Solutions that was born out of Alcova. So you have been with Alcova for 13 years. You've been with now Creative Financing Solutions for one year, right? Mm -hmm. So, and this is fantastic because I love that this company really takes financing into what doesn't fit into the traditional financing box, right? You can do your conventional financing, everything, which is fantastic. But when we talk about investment financing and fix and flip financing and these short-term rental and rental financing, you guys call it hard money, right? Hard money, hard to find money, right? So it's like hard money loans, but you're really bridging a gap, right? For a clientele that needs it. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. And the term hard money, it's always so weird to me. It's so divisive and so abrasive. And I know that when we first started talking about a hard money lending concept, I was like, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I want to be a part of this world. <laughs> Is this where you break legs if people don't pay back? No. I mean, so, yes. but- It was explained to me best not too long ago that this is the oldest form of lending. This goes back to the gold rush era. You want the money from the gold, but you don't want to go pan for it. So you lend someone else the ability to do that. You finance their operation. You get a portion back. That was where hard money was truthfully kind of born. So it's not as hard as it's made to sound. Right. Because what's soft money then? If this is hard money, what's soft money? I have no idea. Who knows at this point? I mean, okay. that's, I've asked myself that quite a few times. All right, well, I was just, I thought maybe it's just me and everyone else knows, but I was like, okay, hard money sounds scary. It's not, right? Ironically, the whole point of this is kind of removing fear of this kind of financing, not creating it. A quicker solution for investors. So it's not for all consumers. So who might this not be for? Let's start with that. And then we're going to help everyone who it's for. So this is not for owner-occupied. This is non-QM kind of stuff. And it has to be an investor. So everything we do has to close in an entity. So this is for someone looking to flip a property to not only make profit for themselves, but to create affordable housing for everyone in the communities we serve at large. So you, as a realtor, you get the purchase of this home when it's in distress. You get the sale on the backside. Your local mortgage lender gets the mortgage loan. Your local title company gets it. So we want to have every investor that's going to benefit at large from this. Yeah. And right now we have a low inventory market, which I think no one listening is like, really? I mean, that's pretty clear across the country. So a fix and flip, which we're going to really spend time on is super important. It serves a greater need. It's a great opportunity for someone who's not a big builder or a huge developer, someone that has tons of capital to really learn and experience this as well with qualification, of course. So this is not commercial. This is not mixed use, right? This isn't for owner-occupied. This is your financing for like a fix and flip for rentals, for things like that. Correct. Absolutely. You hit the nail right on the head. Okay. Yay. So (laughs) let's talk about fix and flip because it's funny. I mean, I've been a realtor for 28 years and there are many people who want to be investors, right? And so I don't say that in a derogatory way. I mean, we all want to be an investor, but it was always 
scary, right? It was scary because do you have this capital? So if you buy a money pit and you close on it and you think, oh, I'm going to put $20,000 into it and guess what? It needs 80,000 and then you're ruined, right? So there's this fear behind that for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think that this, yes, you have to have an entity. So let's be clear when you have to close in an entity, you mean like an LLC or business corp, C corp, anything like that, but it has to be an entity. Okay. Yes. An entity also. I was like, oh, so just so they're clear what that means. So I find a home can be off market, it can be on market, right? It's a yeah. home that needs some work. And I want to put some work into it. I want to sell it and obviously gain a profit, hence the whole point. So let's kind of talk about how this works with you all, right? So I have this property and how do I start, right? I contact you guys, but let's really simplify this so that everyone understands the process. Sure. In a perfect world, you've already visited cfsgo.com and you've already put in your borrower and guarantor information so we know who you are. It's all about relationship building. So we want to get to the point that we're able to have casual conversations about these properties. But the key there is these are what falls in the no-doc loan category, which let's be honest, means low-doc. It doesn't mean no-doc. We can't just give you money for nothing. It's very basic. We have a borrower guarantor application, and that's because there can be multiple parts of an entity. So it could be you, Marjorie, you could have two other partners, but we want to know everyone on this entity. It could be that 123 Fake Street LLC, but we need to know everyone on there because we have to know who we're lending to. But other than that, we need your entity documentation after that, your articles of incorporation, your certificate of good standing, you know, your EIN, then we just need three months of bank statements. And the great part about this is you don't have to show me everything. You just have to show me what substantiates the deal itself or whatever you're trying to accomplish. This means checking, savings, money markets, CDs. Those are liquid funds. But if you have investment accounts, retirement accounts, we can also calculate against 80% of that because truthfully, they are liquid. It's just a little bit more of a hassle to get our hands on that liquid funds if you were to need it. We need to know that you can cover some unforeseen stuff or have some skin in the game. That's the name of the game, right? And the key here is making sure that we have just enough to get this substantiated for the property. The property itself, we just need a property application, which you can also fill out on the website. And it's the basic info, how much you're paying for it, how much does this need in repairs, and what is the after repair value going to be? Ideally, we want that to be the selling price. That's the goal. So if we have that taken into consideration, you're now a borrower. We know what we can do with you. We know what this property is capable of. And then at that point, we start looking at what you need. And is it a good time to discuss how we run the financing on this? This is where it gets very creative, no pun intended. We will finance 90% of the purchase price and 100% of the renovations. So in a great world, let's go for an easy synopsis here. It's a $100,000 home. We're willing to give you 90,000 of that. It needs 50,000 in repairs. We'll give you all of that. And then it's gonna sell for about $230,000. You've made yourself a great deal because you have a $140,000 outstanding loan and not considering the fees you're gonna pay for selling and everything, but you're still gonna be 60K in what you're gonna make on the backside. That's the key to a successful flip is maintaining your own liquidity, use our money when you need to, or hopefully every time you need to, and let your own personal wealth grow in that aspect. That's how you start someone on the successful path of flipping because everything's not the HGTV world. We're not all Chip and Joanna. We know that things happen on the other side of these homes, but yeah. there's truth in that. If you have teams that you can trust, if you're not a contractor, I mean, everyone can put lipstick on homes themselves, 
But there are some things that are going to come along that need to have real contractors, some folks that know what they're doing. So you need to know what you're getting into. So we have a pretty true figure, this, other than any unforeseen circumstances, to make this work. So first it was CFS Go, so Creative Financing Solution, cfsgo.com, right? So it's me now. I'm going to apply. I'm going to fill in the property information, repairs, what I think it will sell for. I have my documentation, some applications. I'm going to have to supply some bank statements, my driver's license, prove yep. my LLC, right? So a question that it always comes up, so, hey, I'm going to buy this house. And I think it'll cost 50000 to fix, and I'm going to sell it for 500000 How do you protect me, we'll say, it, and yourself in that case? What else is in line in terms of appraisal or work scope that's going to be required? So we have our own in-house analytics as far as the appraisal goes, because that's how you keep up with competition in this space is everyone can promise no appraisal, but because we are a conservative lender, had to really focus on something a little more true than that. So our in-house ABM provides us with what the as-is value is currently and what we can truthfully get for this off-market or on-market after it's done. And we can get within $5,000 or so on the aftermarket value. But the truth is, honestly, then we have folks like yourself. Thanks to Alcova being the sister company to CFS, we have a well of realtors and local agents who we can go to for a BPO because let's say I'm $10,000 off of what I need to be. I don't know Charlottesville as well as you do, but I can come to you and you're going to tell me this is what I'm going to sell it for. This gives us the leverage we need to make sure that, number one, hopefully we've opened up the conversation with a seller that you've never met before and you're getting a deal. But number two, we're using our resources to their fullest potential. Yeah. So you've got protections built in there actually for both, right? The scope yeah. of work from a contractor, like yeah. dealing with people every day, either like a house needs a roof, someone thinks it's 50,000, which is not. And then someone thinks it's 2000 which is definitely not. So it's right. making sure that there is clarity on those costs and what needs to be done. And then you're right. Like, I have to be prepared that you open up a wall and go, oh, sometimes it's not as evident. So we've got to make sure we're covered there. And then for you all as well. I mean, I don't meet too many people that dramatically undervalue what they want or hope something will sell for. So making right. sure we're all realistic. But I mean, so it's 10% of my money plus closing costs or whatever it may be. Right. So then I close on this, right? And in terms of how much I have to put down, I think you told me if credit was between basically 680 or 700, I might have to come with 20% down, right. 700 plus it's 10% down. So right. just like everything credit-based, important. So I close, so yay. It's an interest-only mortgage for 12 months. And that's the game changer that we also brought to the table compared to our peers. So most quote unquote, hard money lenders. I always hate to throw quotes around that, but still it's a term I just don't like to wrap my head around. I like private equity. That sounds better. So Ooh. we'll go to private equity today. Most folks will say, we'll give you a six month note and we're going to charge you a point for every month you need an extension after. That's very normal in this space. Once again, we said, why? Why does that matter? Why is that important? Because it, all then we're doing is adding to your hard cost. We're making this harder for you on the backside because the truth is, if I want you to come back to me again, there's a big difference in you making $50,000 on a transaction and only making 30 because I feed you to death. That's where the logic came in. So we just went with the 12 month note straight out of the gate. Okay. And then you hold back the first month's payment at closing, which is great because now I'm in the thick of it. I'm in there with my chisel and all my stuff. And then I'm like, whoops, 30 days has gone by. And then no prepayment penalty, which that's, seems, that's yeah. it seems logical, but some have them all have them. We're the ones that don't, because once again, 
the perfect situation is that we make this process stress-free for you because we're not painting a picture that this is going to be the easiest thing in the world. You know this. I mean, you're not going to flip and it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have enough stressors. But the truth is, if you're really excited about this, a lot of these homes are going to be done in two months, yeah. some 45 days. We've seen plenty of people that take it from closing to selling in three months. Why would we charge you a prepayment penalty? We want you to move on to the next one because if you're liking this and it turned out well, you're going to turn around and take that $50,000 you made and put it into the next project or divide it in half and you already have more liquidity than you had in the first place. So we want to make it where you come back and we're a relationship building company. Excellent. And so you can close these pretty quick too. Oh yeah. How quickly could I reasonably close? We've always promised under 10 days, but realistically we're averaging five days. Which is crazy, by the way. You said that and I was like, what? As long as title work's done, we're good to go. That's insane. So that's very, very fast. Yes. So, I mean, the title work, of course, yes. How backed up is title? Anything else? Me being ready that quickly, right? And whatever the house may be. And you can use this in rural markets as well. Yes. That's the key. And that's what separates us from other private equity lenders is that if anyone sees that designation on the CFPB website that marks it as rural or underserved, it's a hard stop. It's a, we'll catch you on the next project as long as it's not rural or underserved. But I know your market, we know Virginia, Virginia is a great example. There is tons of money to be made in rural markets. Why would you not do a flip in a rural market? A lot of people want a little bit of land or a little bit more of a peaceful place to live instead of being in the middle of town. I know I do. So why wouldn't I want to lend to you in that capacity? Because you're going to make the same amount of money. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, but it's all these things first. When you don't know, you don't know. If you haven't experienced this, but a quicker closing, being able to be in a rural market, interest only for 12 months, no prepayment penalty. Again, to me, you hear these and you're like, yeah, well, that makes sense. And then you realize, no, that's not standard. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense because really this isn't a long-term thing. A fix and flip means I want to flip it, right? I want to get out of it, right? I don't want to be penalized for doing my job well and getting it back on the market. So this makes fantastic sense. There's the proper amount of hoops. Mm -hmm. I have to have some documentation. I have to be an entity. I have to have a scope of work. I think that's super important for protecting both you and quite frankly, me as that person who's going to go through the work. Being able to complete my flip quickly, I think is fantastic. And I agree with you. If we're really working to create more affordable housing, if we're trying to allow small entities and whoever it may be to do this work, then we have to have more area to do it in. If we fit in the little box downtown, that also shortens our opportunities of where we can do this. Yeah, because it all goes back to inventory buildup. I mean, inventory is not just in metropolitan markets. You have to have inventory everywhere. So we're solving that need. We're creating inventory for Nest Realty to have something to sell. You're going to have a bar that's coming near Charlottesville. They're like, eh, I don't want to live right in town. Maybe something 10 minutes outside. Well, all of a sudden, the CFPB determines that's the sticks and that's rural. Who cares? It's rural. Make it happen. But it's almost weird. Like, is there a higher default ratio on a rural? What really made that a parameter? I'm not really sure why the CFPB wrote it that way, but rural and underserved has always kind of been a hard stop for a lot of things. Don't we want to serve the underserved? I mean, isn't that kind of the point? Isn't that the mission for all of us? I mean, everyone has to have availability for housing. We want folks to have the better solutions and the price points that we're missing so desperately in the market right now. Yeah, I think, again, but I've gotten a great opportunity to do these for Alcova and talked to a lot of people. How does that make sense? What's in your head 
logical, right? Like no prepayment penalty and a flip seems just like a deal that you wouldn't think about. But that's where you've got to also make sure that if you're this person getting into one of these and you're talking to different entities, you better be asking the right question. Right. And I think there's already so many things in a fix and flip. That's not what I'd be thinking about, right? I'm like, how much do I have to spend and how long is it going to take? When can I get it on the market and all of these things? Can right. you imagine that I do all this and I'm so excited three months later and I've got this massive prepayment penalty? Yeah, it's a lot to take in because that's the thing is we had to figure out a way to bridge the gap between predictable hard cost and unpredictable hard cost because that's the easiest way to take advantage of people, but it's also the easiest way to ruin a deal. And you don't want to discourage this right now because the truth is we don't know what the market's going to do over the next three to five years. What we do know is that we're still struggling with inventory. There are folks that need work. There are contractors that still want work to be done. There are title companies that are still struggling that need work. There are realtors out there that went quickly from feast to famine because there's just nothing moving. So why wouldn't we provide a solution that just makes sense? So what's amazing, like, again, I don't know how many, I'm recorded now, let's say 40 of these. And the people that have and continue to be super successful adapt, yes. right? So it's an adapt to a changing market versus the cower of fear of, oh no, who moved right. my cheese basically, right? So here it's like, there's this need and this niche and how do we fill the niche so that we can take people? I mean, I know tons of people who would like to do a fix and flip who just have the ability as well. So here's a point, I'm not sure we covered this, but how do I know what I'm qualified for, right? So I think we're all like, yeah, let's do it. But how do I know what I can feasibly take on in a qualification? How do you guys do that? Sure. It's a very basic science here. So when I ask you for liquid cash, like I told you what the parameters, what I consider to be a liquid cash, let's just use a round number. Let's say it's $100,000. I'm going to take that 100,000, I'm going to multiply it by seven, and then I'm going to take 80% of that, which means you have a maximum lending exposure at that moment of $560,000. Now, that doesn't just mean one deal. You don't have to go full tilt and buy a house for 250, put 100 in, and hope you get five out of it. This means you could also take on three at a time. Let's say you have a family member who's a contractor who's super slow is like, hey, these things only need like $20,000 a piece of them. I can do these for you in four months or three months. We can lend you up to that exposure one at that point. That's just the figure we work with. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense too. So it's really for someone to think about what they might do. Now, obviously, I think this is when they reach out to you. This is yeah. when you ask these questions and don't make assumptions. And to me, it's also maybe a don't bite off more than you can chew. Just because I could do in theory, let's use that 700,000 doesn't mean I should jump into that. So it's like, let's see what makes sense. What's my area supporting? What's moving right now? What's most desirable or what's affordability here? Yeah. There's so many questions based on where you are, but I thought that was important because I think a lot of people are like, let's go. Right. <laughs> I'm doing this tomorrow. When you get to college and you give that first credit card that has $500, uh, like, we're going nuts. Yes. You, know, you don't need to. <laughs> no, you don't. That's for sure. So this is one big thing you guys do. Like this is kind of a, I'm going to call it a bread and butter thing for you all. Would you say? Yeah, because we saw a better way to do it. There was a better way. It's a simpler way. And ultimately, it makes folks happier than any other private equity lender they've worked with. Private That's equity lender is better than hard money. Let's do, so we're going to tell Bobby you are a private equity or no hard money. Yeah, no hard money. <laughs> okay. That's right. Okay, now, so let's talk about some other things. So short-term rentals. Mm -hmm. 
right? So those are interesting because depending where you are in the country, depending where you live, a lot of areas are cracking down on short-term rentals. HOAs may not allow them. So really this is going to be specific to certain areas, but if you're in an area that, you know, let's say like Smith Mountain Lake or any sort of vacation area or where there's a lot of rentals and short-term rental capacity, why would I come to you guys? Tell me why short-term rentals and you. Well, it's the speed factor. We can still, now they're not quite as fast as the fix and flip, but we can do these things in 15 days or less as well. It's the same thing. And this is what's known as, the short and long-term rental are known as the DSCR, which is debt service coverage ratio, which to simplify that giant term just means it's a measure of the cash flow available to pay the current debt obligation. So what this property makes needs to outweigh what the monthly payment is. Because isn't that the logic to all this? How can you in good conscience lend a rental loan to someone if the rent's only $2,300 a month and their monthly payment's $2,700? If you have to put any of your own money in, one, you're not the best investor. Number two, you shouldn't have trusted the person that gave you the loan in the first place. So it's all about analyzing cash flow, whether it be short term, which means you just pull the records from Airbnb, VRBO. We have to see a documentable history. If it's a refi, that's one thing. It's yours. But if it's a purchase, we need to see the previous owners. What if I want to make one? So what if I say, well, this townhouse in this neighborhood allows short term rentals? Yeah. Or can you use comparable within the neighborhood that are as such versus the property history on this one? We can. We can go both routes. You can okay. look at comps for short term or you can look at market rent on an appraisal and say, okay, this is what monthly market rent is. So if it cash flows appropriately on the monthly, the long term, it's going to work fine on the short term. We're going to be okay there. Okay. And so you can close quickly, which is fantastic. These are 20% down. So you do need to have 20% down. And right. I believe you also mentioned that these also have to be in an entity like an LLC or a corporation. That is correct. Okay. And then these also are low documentation, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So you're checking credit, liquidity, you talked about the rent covering the payment. There is an appraisal involved. We're arguing that that's a bad thing, but I think it's important for people to think, and it does make sense, right? So rent has to cover the payment. If the rent is $2,300, and my payment is twenty three twenty. I can do it, I mean, or vice versa. <laughs> it, it, yeah, if the if the, if the yeah. rent twenty three twenty and it's twenty three hundred, yeah. yes, you can still do it. Yeah, the okay. DSCR has to be within that normal ratio. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> we I'm, don't want it to be that tight. Yeah, you prefer to see a big. I just didn't know if yeah. there was a rule that there has to be. I'm going to make this up a ten percent difference or whatever it is. The magic ratio is one point two or less. So like, okay. you, you want to make sure that you're above that threshold. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, that's good to know too. I mean, that's yeah. always good advice no matter what. And then you guys also do longer term rentals, right? So long-term rentals, meaning not the Airbnb, VRBO, but a more standard rental. Let's talk a little bit about that because again, you close as a business entity, but there are many reasons to use you as well here. What if I say, well, wait a minute, conventional rates are better. Can conventional rates be better than you? They can be, absolutely. And we're not going to deny that conventional rates couldn't be better. But if you've already hit your investment cap on the conventional side... We need to make sure we get some of those over to your business and entity side because conventional has a cap of 10. Number two, it goes back to the speed factor. So not to go against our sister company here and what the whole stance is, but the reality is if this needs to close quickly, we need to move it a little bit faster. The conventional side is going to be full dock, full underwrite, the whole thing, which there is a lot to be said about that. That's how you get that better rate. However, if this is a, I don't know, a, a senior citizen who's just trying to get out of a property quick because it's been in their family forever and they're just tired of holding it, they want to get rid of it fast. They don't want to wait for a 45-day close. They don't want to have to hold themselves up for that. They're expecting a quick turnaround. 
this is if I'm in an entity, right? If I'm an LLC, I can't do a conventional, can I? You cannot, correct. So right, you, so you that's pretty that. important too. If that's I'm learning yeah, yeah. I'm LLC, I'm out, right? The right. conventional rate doesn't really matter. I need to be in this kind of more portfolio scenario. You actually had said it's about one-tenth of the documentation. That sounds yeah. fantastic. Yes. Because look, and the documentation can, and I'm not saying you guys, I'm just saying in general. And then quicker closing, which is a benefit to me, especially if I want to get this out in my portfolio. If I want to get this on the market and rented, I don't want to have a long-term closing unless, quite frankly, the seller requires it, unless I can't start it. Correct. And in your world, people always tell that cash is king, cash is king. The truth is they are going to be competing against some cash buyers. They say, if you can close it in 14 days, I'll sell it to you. This is all about negotiation power too. We want to make sure that the ultimate goal is whether it's a fix and flip or a normal rental loan, we want people to win on the acquisition because if you win on the acquisition, you're always going to win on the backside. Yeah. It's a coin flip. Yeah. So really, I mean, when we boil this down, realtors who are listening, I'm one of them, right? We need to really understand this because we do have investors that we're already working with that this can be very beneficial to. I'm going to call them completely respectfully want to be investors, right? right? People that we know that want to start doing this or would just love to do a fix and flip that we can guide them with your help. Right. Obviously, investors, current investors, whether they have different money lenders, whether they're doing the conventional route, but they need more liquidity or more options. You work with some builders as well. So there's really... Right a lot of options for people that want to consider this, but it's knowledge. It's the knowledge of this alternative. Because like you said, if you guys are trying to look at helping create inventory, we have to be as realtors, it's very important for us to have the inventory. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if we're not serving the communities at large in which we make a presence known, then we're not accomplishing our job. Yes. So we're going to put, of course, all your contact info in show notes. So cfsgo.com, but that's to apply. Is that also for information or? That's also for information. Yeah. That's okay. got all of our programs and offerings on there. It has our 24-7 number that you can call and a message drops in to us. It has our email addresses that drop to all of us for referrals, anything you have, we can do from that side. And what states? So we're national, maybe even yeah. international now on, on real estate unscripted. We lend everywhere except for North Dakota, South Dakota, Alaska, and Vermont. Wow. Okay. Everywhere. Most of the country. Well, wow, that's fantastic. Okay. Good job on that. I didn't know that. There's a lot of cool places that people are discovering hotbeds that we didn't know were there. Ohio, of course, Austin, Texas exploded, the hottest rental market in the country. There's little places that are starting to really fester. Upstate New York has some weird little pockets around Rochester. So you have to serve as many people as possible. You want to make sure that you're helping be a part of that boom. Yeah. Investor in this case is a good thing, right? Because usually fostering, you're like, ooh, but here exactly. it's, it's a good fester. Yeah. Uh, so we'd like this festering. Okay. It's percolating. <laughs> <laughs> percolating. That is awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really great learning more about this. I love that you at Alcova keep coming up with more solutions for different clients. And again, I think a lot of us just don't fit in a simple box, right? Like oh. I'm a realtor, I'm self-employed, that sort of makes life complicated as it is. But I think knowing that there are other opportunities to become an investor or to help investors grow is fantastic. So I appreciate you sharing everything today. And you gave the best pitch there at the end. You're a perfect example. Realtors are wonderful. You don't show as much on paper, but you show it in your bank account. So that's where things can actually grow for you. This is where we go back to the glory days of bank statements. So that's the key there. So thanks for bringing that up. You're so welcome. I'm here for you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And you have a fantastic day. 
Thanks, Marjorie. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLS Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.